light of infinite. Going through a breakup can be one of the most difficult things to endure. A breakup or separation in what felt like a divine union. What feels like a heart shattered into a million pieces. But we have to find a way to trust that it's for our own good and what's truly aligned will arise at the right time. We have to shift our focus from what's lost and lean into faith that whatever is meant to be will be. We never know what our creator has in store for us. All of life in various ways, even if we don't fully feel it, is an element of heartbreak, since at all times we are somewhat separate from the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence. How to elevate in exile is a part of the process of the Sfirat HaOmer. Rectifying each level of the seven Sfirot, Chesed, loving kindness, and moving through Malchut, kingship, we learn that the Jews in Egypt were on the 49th level of impurity, a step away from the bottom, the 50th level of impurity tied to our animalistic soul and selves. As everything has a balance and every potential for bad has the potential for good, we also learn that in these 49 days, B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, reached the very highest level. The Jews were on the 49th level of holiness, tied to our godly selves and souls when we received the Torah. One step away from the highest level, the 50th gate, level of holiness, which was the revelation at Sinai. We are now in the midst of the counting of the 49 days of Sefirat Omer from the second night of Pesach until Shavuot. The Omer is also referred to as seven Shabbatot, and as Rabbi Nachman of Breslov says, we do it with Pesach, meaning with an open mouth. We are speaking spirituality into existence, mirroring the journey of B'nai Israel in the desert, who spent 49 days in spiritual preparation. With each day and week in these seven weeks, we are tasked with transcending our physical constraints and reaching redemption. Time is a figment of a fractured world, but it is the world we live in, and to remove the layers of klipa, the shells of everything around us that conceal the godly light, we need to go through the process of these seven weeks of counting, of meditation, of moving through these seven Shabbatot until reaching the 50th day when we receive the Torah anew. Sefirat Omer is a journey in refining the seven emotional attributes outlined in the 10 Sefirot. Chesed, loving-kindness, gevura, justice, discipline, tiferet, beauty, harmony, compassion, Netzach, endurance, victory, Hod, humility, empathy, Yesod, foundation, and Malchut, kingship. The English doesn't really do the Hebrew justice, but there's a little bit of a translation for you. The root of any of our own enslavements is the negative side or distorted uses of these emotions. Of seven days counting and moving through these emotions are meant as a time to reflect, to be mindful, and to try to be in tune with the emotions in a healthy way and remove any dissonance clouding clarity of love. The distortion of an emotion is when it's not used for the ultimate good, and since emotions are multidimensional, each of the seven attributes are composed of all seven, such as day one, chesed of chesed, day two, gvura of chesed, day three, tiferet of chesed, day four, netzach of chesed, day five, hod of chesed, day six, yisod of chesed, and finally day seven, malchut of chesed, moving through all the way till we get to malchut of malchut. And this continues on day one of week two, chesed of gvura, and so on. To fully refine any one emotion, which would in theory take seven days, instead we count seven cycles of seven days. In this time, we try to transcend our limited view of our physical reality and tap into our spirit that's beyond these constraints. We say the bracha, the blessing, and speak the cycle into existence with kavanah, with heartfelt intention. The Talmud teaches a person's prayer is not heard on high unless he places his soul in his hands. This is a time to tap into transcendence. The klipot that manifest all around us represent the external, mirroring the negativity or egocentricity that keeps us from connecting to the internal and our true selves as creations with a divine purpose. 
which connects us to the divine light. It's the concealment that allows free will. It's the truth that is hidden that we have to fight to remain in to continue to do good and feel oneness. This negativity or ego is like the shell of a fruit. It does serve to protect the fruit, just as there are times it's useful for our own self-preservation, but it too must be removed to get to the sweetness. Focusing on the shell while ignoring its core will deceive us every time, leaving us holding the peel instead of the precious fruit. We have to remove our layers of ego and negativity to get to the root of our being and purpose, to get to a redemptive state and to receive the Torah. Just last week, I contemplated klipa as a concept and how it plays a part in our own lives. I wrote down a poem that went something like this. This shell covering your magic, if you can only see what I see full of life that can't survive up here. The inside of you under layers of fear, a fishbowl, a figment, one in your mind, peel, push, feel, rush inward, your outside is created. Dig deeper to being a creation, sweet and pure as fruit, but your shell is toughened. Peel it all away until you see it was all a trick you played. Sfirata Omer is an opportunity for us to peel away layers of the shell and move towards our inner essence connecting to our godly soul, instead of limiting our perceptions and actions to our animal soul. Moshe took B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, from Mitzrayim, Egypt, out of Metzar, a narrow, constricted place. The definition of exile, spiritual narrowness and constriction, seemed to mean. He brought them to the border of the Promised Land. His purpose was fulfilled. It's now our task to leave our own Mitzrayim, our own constrictions and enslavements, the constricted consciousness, that which holds us back from reaching our potential and ascending to our personal Promised Lands. To bring on Mashiach, we have to make a redemption that is prati, private, personal, before we can see the final redemption that is klali, public, communal. It's on all of us, which is why the pasuk commanding the counting, as it's written, yourselves, as it's stressed in the Talmud, each individual should count. You shall count seven full weeks for yourselves, from the day following the day of rest, from the day on which you bring the Omer as a wave offering, counting 50 days until the day following the seventh week. Shabbat in Hebrew is etymologically related to the word lishpot, which means to rest. Hashem commands us to rest in order to rise. If we hope to rise above nature and elevate our spirit, we have to rest from trying to continuously control the physical world. If we want to transcend and connect to our soul over our body, we have to pause our pursuits and connect to our purpose. Safira is a count and practice of being mindful of the time around the seven opportunities. Shabbatot to do exactly that in hopes of doing our part from below, transcending the animalistic aspect of ourselves and connecting to the divine within us, peeling away the layers of klipa so that Hashem answers from above on the 50th day with our key to redemption, the Torah. In these parshiot, these Torah portions, the word Shabbat in relation to the festival is recurring. But as we know, the festivals are less strict than Shabbat. No work may be done on Shabbat, but one is allowed to prepare food on the festivals. The ramifications of not observing Shabbat are far greater than those of not observing the festivals. But because the festivals are also referred to as Shabbat, the potential for spiritual connection and unification is beyond measure. Because of the special space these days hold in time, their separation from the elements of space and creation itself. You've probably gotten a sense from these podcasts and reading my chapters in my book in the Divrei Torah how much I love Shabbat. Just feeling this connection and how connected we are to Hashem, disconnecting from the everyday world, meditating on having been created, it's an incredible, ineffable feeling. In this parashah of Emor, Hashem gives us the commandment of Shabbat and of the festivals, which are also referred to as a Shabbat, a holy occasion, a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. 
We are commanded to join in a Shabbat Hashem. So what's it all about? We learn from Hashem that words create worlds. In the beginning, Hashem spoke existence into being. Tefillah, prayer, is our daily method of emulating Hashem, speaking spirituality into reality. But on Shabbat and the festivals, we focus on just that, without the constant distractions pulling us away from this unification. It's taught that on Shabbat, we gain a neshama yitera, an additional soul, and that this extra neshama allows a person to understand the mysteries of the Torah so that their tefillot, their prayers, and learning are elevated. The Kabbalah teaches us about the five worlds, which are a model for living a whole and balanced life, experiencing harmony between the body, mind, heart, and spirit. Adama Kadmon, the primordial man, connects to will and luminous light. Atzilut, emanation, connects to mind, spirit, and soul. Briah, creation, connects to thought and intellect. Yitzera, formation, connects to heart, feelings, and speech. And finally, Asiyah, action, connects to body and physicality. The Hebrew word for universe is olam, and it's derived from the same root as alam, which means to be concealed. This is a hint that Hashem, who is Melech HaOlam, king of the universe, has hidden himself in the universe. These worlds above act as garments, levushim, for Hashem's light. And as King David sings of creation in Tehilim, you have dressed yourself in majesty and splendor, you have covered yourself with light like a garment. Rabbi Arya Kaplan teaches the five universes are often explained in terms of their parallels at the human level. Man's innermost will and volition corresponds to the universe of Adam Kadmon. The level of preconception or undifferentiated mind corresponds to Atzilut. The process of thought corresponds to the universe of Briah. Speech and communication parallel the universe of Yitzera. And finally, action corresponds to Asiya. Rabbi Shalom Sharabi points out that on Shabbat, the world of Atzilut, emanation, shines into the world of Briah, creation, meaning that the intellect is imbued with the divine consciousness that transcends intellect. So when we study Torah on Shabbat, we can actually sense God's presence in it. I think Avram Joshua Heschel articulates the power and feeling of Shabbat best many times in his book, The Sabbath. But one particular passage jumps out at me, and it reads like this. All days of the week must be spiritually consistent with the day of days. All of life should be a pilgrimage to the seventh day. The thought and appreciation of what this day may bring to us should be ever-present in our minds. For the Sabbath is the counterpoint of living, the melody sustained throughout all agitations and vicissitudes which menace our conscience, our awareness of God's presence in the world. The Rambam and Ibn Ezra point out that the word Shabbat is used to describe a full week and not just Shabbat itself. In Vayikha, the Torah refers to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot as Shabbaton, as a Shabbat Shabbaton, a grand Shabbat. So we see that Shabbat and its power for connection and unification is constantly commanded to us. In this parasha, in this Torah portion, Hashem tells Moshe to speak to the children of Israel, say to them, Hashem's appointed festivals, which you shall designate as callings of holiness, these are my appointed festivals. The entire Torah is calling of holiness, occasions to access what I like to call the cheat codes to happiness. We have previously talked about making time itself holy by partnering with Hashem in observing Shabbat. This week we learn how to designate time and space as holy outside of Shabbat as well. As we read, for six days work may be performed, but on the seventh day it is a complete rest day, a holy occasion. You shall not perform any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. And then we read, these are the Lord's appointed holy days, holy occasions, which you shall designate in their appointed time. These two sentences in Emo demonstrate the interrelationship between the finite and the infinite in such a perfect way. 
First, we are reminded that Shabbat's designation of time is from Hashem and remains consistent, a taste of the infinite given to us in our physical dwelling in time and space on the seventh day of each week. The sages, Chazal, call Shabbat 160th of the world to come. Then we are introduced to the festivals, the high holy days, which act like a Shabbat for Hashem, and we are tasked with designating the proper time for these holy encounters with Hashem. This power that we are imbued with to sanctify time is made even clearer when we think about how those times are designated. The dates of the festivals are always correlated with the new moon, Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh is determined by the rabbinical court in Jerusalem when two witnesses see a sliver of the moon. They come before the court and they would say, Mikudash, Mikudash, sanctified, sanctified. Then, as a community, we give thanks for the reappearance of the moon by reciting the Kiddush Levana, the sanctification of the moon blessing. So the result that are grounded in our physical experience literally determine when Hashem's festivals will happen. This restoration of our spiritual selves is also central to the rituals of the festivals. The high holiday festivals fall on either the 30th or the 31st day from the previous new moon. So the exact timing is determined by us as part of this living Torah. Unlike Shabbat, which has been set since the beginning and will be consistent until the days of Kula Shabbat, until everything is entirely Shabbat. Chazal, our sages, refer to that time as the Messianic era, when darkness will be fully transformed into light. Rashi points out that the commandment for the festivals is immediately followed by a reminder and repetition of the holiness of resting. It's taught that whoever profanes the festivals by working on them is considered as though they profane Shabbat, and whoever observes the festivals by resting on them is considered as though they observe the Shabbat. It's interesting that in this parasha, as is the case in the rest of the Torah, the festival of Shavuot is not referred to as the time when we receive the Torah. We know that Shavuot correlates with the revelation at Sinai only from our oral tradition, Torah Shabbat Peh. Akedah gives two important perspectives on why this is the case. The first is seen in the fact that the existence of Hashem isn't mentioned in the 613 mitzvot, because had there been no Hashem to command them, there would be no reason to observe them. It's a given that they come from Hashem. The same applies to the giving and receiving of the Torah. The Torah is the first fundamental of Judaism, and the very fact that thousands of years later we observe it means it is given and that it was received. So the Torah doesn't need to remind us. And also, the receiving of the Torah doesn't depend on time, unlike the other mitzvot. The Torah is in fact received at all times, as it's written, This book of the Torah shall not depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate on it day and night. In the Torah and this parasha, Shavuot is called the holiday of the first fruits and the wheat harvest. It's designated as a thanksgiving to the Creator who gives food to all. We see this in the following psukim, verses, And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors, which you have sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, when you have gathered in your labors out of the field. And you shall observe the feast of weeks, and the first fruits of the wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering. Seven weeks shall you number unto you, begin to number of the seven weeks, from such time as you begin to put the sickle to the wheat. We do receive the Torah on this day in cyclical time, but the Abar Benel sees this as coincidental to the festivals, as the Torah itself is its own daily and perpetual remembrance. Rabbi David Svi Hoffman says that it's not written that Shavuot is the time of receiving the Torah because the vision of Sinai cannot be made into a concrete symbol. The interplay between nature, creation, and spirituality is the constant dance of these parshiot, something we all struggle to find grace in. The Abar Benel illustrates the mindful symbolism of these festivals. At Pesach, we are commanded to bring the Omer of barley, a grain normally used as animal fodder, which represents where we were at as a people 
at Pesach. We hadn't yet received the Torah, and we were still trapped in the finite, animalistic ways of Egypt. On Shavuot, we were commanded to bring a mincha chadash, a new crop, symbolizing the new spirit that Hashem infused in us by giving us the Torah. The counting of the Omer that we are doing between these two offerings is symbolic of our longing to receive and to achieve the clarity and connectedness with the infinite, to not be stuck in nature and a place of finitude. Shabbat and the festivals are moments in time to separate oneself from trying to conquer nature and tap into becoming supernatural. These are the moments that concealment is peeled back, just a sliver, affording us the opportunity to unify with Hashem, who is beyond space, time, and creation itself. Our character is weighed down by the harsh realities and the klipot in this natural world. It's by virtue of these seven cycles of seven and the ritual of Sfirat Omer that we go through the process of refining our own character that brings us closer to the 50th gate of holiness, 50 being the number and notion that surpasses the natural world. The 49 days of working through the constriction of our animal soul to connect to our godly soul and the infinite light brings the redemptive divine light itself. Shabbat Shalom. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.